Make sure you check out our online store where we work with our graphic designer to create stunning garment and product designs that feature a wide variety of aircraft types such as British fighters, World War II aircraft, American bombers, Russian fighters and much more. You can pick your favourite designs and personalise any items within our Redbubble store that range from clothing right the way through to stationery. All of our designs feature our logo so you can show your support for the channel while getting a quality product. You can head to our website aircrewinterview.tv and click store or go to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash AC interview. Thank you and enjoy. Daniel, when did you first become interested in aviation? I became first interested when I was actually in the Army uh, infantry. And I had a, um, we were out in the field and uh, there was a flyby of uh, F-16s and A-7 Corsairs nice. supporting us on a uh, field mission. Um, I thought, wow, that was actually pretty cool. And shortly after that, that was in 1986, shortly after that, the movie Top Gun came out. And I thought like, wow, that's what I want to do when I, uh, when I grow up is uh, fly. But yeah, what year did you actually join the Army? I joined the Army in uh, 1985, way back in the 1900s, and uh, I went in infantry at first, only because I'd already, I was in college and uh, mainly partying more than uh, going to school, <laughs> and my dad said, like, you know what, yeah, no more am I, uh, I going to pay for this uh, massive party that you're going on, so um, he sent me to a friend of his that was a uh, Green Beret in Vietnam, and he told me, hey, you know, join the Army get you the college fund, get you some maturity, some responsibility, and I grow up. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if you want, you know, go infantry. That way you'll know exactly what the Army is about as opposed to going in as an administrative person or something like that. So that's what I did. And it's, it's quite normal to go in uh, in that way and then become, a you know, a pilot. Or can you join in the Army going straight to pilot? Or is it just like a normal thing going to, you know, Army and then work your way up to that? Uh, in the army, actually, it's it's different. It's different in that respect than the other services. Is that um, I'm not gonna I'm gonna say about half and half uh, of warrant officers were uh, prior enlisted, uh, right. but that's not the route that you take to become a pilot. Uh, you apply straight to pilot school, uh, whether you have a college degree or not. And um, so, no, I'm glad I did it the way I did, only because. Uh, I had a lot more uh, idea of how we were supposed to support the guys on the ground as being a, an infantry guy first mm. going in there. So, yeah, but there was a, a lot of the officers that go in, uh, they come straight out of college and go into uh, flight school, you know, in the Army. So uh, that's kind of that's good, bad, whatever you want to call it. But I noticed uh, in combat that the pilots that were prior enlisted and primarily prior infantry uh really had a grasp on the situation on the ground whenever we were talking to the infantry guys in a fight. So could you talk us through, you know, some of your helicopter training and, you know, like from ground school, the, uh, you know, the initial aircraft you started on before you went to a sort of frontline aircraft? Well, um, when I got out of the Army active duty, I went to um, a college here in town uh, in Houston uh, that had an airline pilot entry program. So that's where I went in first to... Um, to uh, get my private pilot airplane license. Once I got that, I realized, wow, this flying is fun. I want to do it. So I tried, uh, obviously, going to the Navy first. They said, after Top Gun, 
they were uh, they weren't going to take anybody unless you had an astrophysics degree and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Air Force same way, unless you went to the Air Force Academy, yeah. uh, they weren't going to take me. Um, so I ended up there was a brand new Army Reserve unit that was just starting up that had uh, that was going to have Apache helicopters. Uh, I had an interview with them. I had an interview with the the commander and. Um, one of the things that really helped me out with uh, getting into the squadron was that my prior time as a long-range recon infantry guy uh, mm-hmm. in the the guard before, uh, well, at that time. So uh, he had a lot of respect for me on that. He uh, signed my paperwork and sent me to flight school. Uh, I say I kind of, I wouldn't say I cheated, but it was, I was ahead of the game because I already had all the, the weather, the navigation, uh, basic flying sense when I went into flight school in the Army. Uh, and being prior infantry, all the uh, off, uh, warrant officer candidate school stuff, you know, the the physical training in the morning and the runs in the morning and all that, that was absolutely nothing to me. Um, I was in excellent shape, you know, being in infantry. So uh, it's what I tell guys that are going in now. I said, you know, if you're going to go to flight school, better be in shape because life is so much easier um, going through the classes when you're not wore out from, you know, doing a five-mile run in the morning and all. So flight school was um, – a year and a half for me, and I say for me because at that time there were uh, four track or three tracks that you could go on: um, attack track, which is what I went in; uh, utility, which was the Huey and the Blackhawks; and then uh, cargo, which was the uh, Chinooks; and then uh, scout. There was a fourth one, scout, which was the uh, Kiowa Warriors. And um, so I knew with the unit that I was going into that I was going to get the Apache. So my um, flight training was geared. Like everybody else's, for the first uh, for the first nine months, it was uh, eh, ten months. It was geared just like everybody else. I started off in the Huey, and um, loved it. I mean, you know, it's a iconic aircraft oh, and yeah. uh, just fun to fly. And um, so I did all the basic navigation, basic flying, basic combat skills, uh, night vision goggles, uh, all that stuff in the Huey for, like I said, the first ten months or so, and then. Um, uh, during that time, uh, after that, uh, I went straight into the Cobra attack helicopter, which uh, absolutely incredible flying that thing. Um, it was after flying the Huey um, and flying the uh, you know the Cessna 152 you know on my airplane flight training, getting in the Cobra was just wow a dream come true. Um, there was sitting in it, it's real skinny. Um, and actually, it was uh, it was pretty much like this one, and uh, so it's a tandem seat, front and back, mm-hmm. and um, it was interesting the first time bringing it to a hover because I started over controlling it and whipping the the stick right and left because it was so skinny it really magnified your uh, tilt yeah. on it, and um, but it was a, a a blast you know flying that. Um, but was even more fun on that was, uh, shooting the gun and, uh, shooting the gun and the rockets in the, uh, the Cobra. Uh, the Cobra was designed originally kind of like this one with the mini gun and the 40 millimeter chunker, uh, grenade launcher is what we called it. And, uh, but the ones that we used there had the, uh, 20 millimeter three barreled Gatling gun instead of the, uh, the mini gun and the chunker. So it was never designed for that. And I say it was never designed for that. When we took it to the range to shoot, uh, the first shooting that we did was at a hover. 
And so as you fired off the, the 20 millimeter, it would, uh, it would move the helicopter backwards. And uh, so you'd have to move the stick forward slightly so that you wouldn't drift backwards from the recoil of the gun. And I thought, wow, this is actually pretty cool. I mean, you could feel every round coming out of them. I mean, yours, boom, yeah. just hitting you in the chest, so to speak, the thumps. Uh, but what really made it uh, interesting was shooting to the side because kind of like the Apache, the Cobra, you could move your helmet uh, and the little eyepiece that you had on your eye and look at what you wanted to shoot at. And the gun would move in that direction and then you'd squeeze the trigger and, and uh, shoot. So when we moved it sideways, when we moved it uh, sideways on the, the range and started say shooting to the right, mm. the helicopter would start moving to the left and you'd have to tilt the helicopter over to the right wow. so that you wouldn't be sliding to the left, uh, so to speak. Um, I thought, man, this is really cool. After that was uh, shooting rockets. Um, the Cobra really was never designed to hover and fire like the Apache. Uh, it was power limited. Mm -hmm. So uh, most of the rocket firing was done at a you know diving fire. And I'm going to tell you right now, that was just... <laughs> <laughs> too much fun actually it was limited to no more than two shots uh, uh two rocket shots i want to say every wow it's something like every three or four seconds and all and that's so you wouldn't fog the engine out you wouldn't uh ingest um the exhaust fumes from the rocket into the engine because you get uh temperature spikes when doing that but tell you what on my first rocket run coming in fired the rocket I'm like wow that was cool um, fired the next one. I thought, man, that's even greater. You know, just kept shooting, 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 shooting. You find the uh, instructor said, whoa, 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 hey, hang on. You know, he uh, he put it on safe in the front. He goes like, there's a, you know, there's a shooting limits on this thing. Remember? I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. I forgot about that. But uh, that was actually a blast. Um, so one of the more interesting things when I was in flight school, I just when I first got when I first hovered the Apache, our, our nickel ride, the very first day, uh, actually flying in the helicopter. And this was after several months of, um, of ground school and simulator training. Um, that was the day that uh, Iraq invaded Kuwait. And so everything in flight school after that took on a whole new meeting. It was, uh, there were no more weekends off. Um, you know, when that war started, um, they were telling us, okay, no more weekends off. And then I started the uh, Cobra course uh, right around the end of November, and uh, they said you're not get you're not going to get to go home for a Christmas break for two weeks because they had to get a bunch of pilots going because of the pending war you know that's about to happen with their, uh, Iraq and Kuwait and us. Mm -hmm. And uh, but the sad part was the, uh, the fog came in and it was just completely fogged in for the entire two weeks between uh, Christmas and New Year's. So. Uh, even though we stayed, didn't get to go home, we didn't get to fly either. I mean, we did do simulator runs and all that, which was great. But, And then again, you know, the war was over with, uh, what, 18 hours? The war was yeah. over with. So, uh, But still, you know, ended up graduating uh, from the uh, Cobra course and um, came home to my unit uh, after that uh, for um, training in the squadron in the, uh, the Cobras that we had at that time. Mm-hmm. See, I just want to backtrack a bit here, but uh, yeah, because I don't know too much about the Cobra. Obviously, um, I don't know what you call it. I'm just going to call it a backseater. What was their role uh, in the back there for you as a pilot? The um, the backseat of the Cobra actually it's set up similarly like the Apache. The backseat can uh, start the helicopter, has all the engine controls on this dash, 
Um, and in the Cobra, mainly he, most of that was the flying was done from the back. You could still fly it from the front seat also, oh. but most of the shooting was done from the front seat. Um, so I say this, that the back seat, had all the engine instrumentation. It had a big heads-up display, which was actually really cool. That's the first time I'd ever seen that, a uh, heads-up display. And uh, so that was really cool. Um, but uh, And also they controlled the air conditioner in the back. That was the other cool thing about the, the Cobra, <laughs> was that the seats were a mesh, and the, the air conditioner blew up through the bottom of the seat and through the back of the seat, along with uh, ducts on the side of your head that blew on you. But uh, the front seat was mainly shooting the tow missile systems uh because just like the apache it had the siding system the siding system well this one doesn't but uh the siding system in the front so the front seater can actually control the long distance um television is all the the cobra had it didn't have infrared like the apache did mm -hmm. uh, that's all the cobra had was just a camera with a zoom lens and you could control the laser with it uh, and that's just to get range it didn't have um Hellfires, you know, for actually targeting missiles or uh, lasing for missiles and all. So that was the big difference on that. Now, the, the blast about the front seat was it was the seat was canted back slightly and the controllers were a side right stick controller. Mm -hmm. And they, the collective was on the left side where you kind of move it fore and aft as opposed to up and down mm -hmm. and all. So it was pretty much like an F-16. I mean, the seat was canted yeah. back. You were laid back. You had a side stick controller with the little armrest that you had. And uh, so, yeah, it was actually pretty cool. And the visibility was absolutely unbelievable with the Cobra. I mean, you could, yeah, the visibility was all the way down and around you pretty much uh, below your hands where the cyclic was. And uh, so, yeah, that thing was a blast. Now, the bad thing about the, uh, the Cobra and the front seat is that it was never designed to crash, so to speak. Um, we learned a lot when we made the Apache in uh, making the Cobra in respects that if you look at uh, this right here, the gun is actually right up underneath the front seat. Mm. So when the helicopter hits uh, in a crash sequence or a bad auto rotation, the front seater gets to, he gets a, a gun enema. And then the sighting system was a, it's called the TSU telescoping sight unit. It's a, a, an eyepiece that sticks out almost right up to your face. So um, on a hard vertical impact, the gun comes up through the bottom, your head hits the, um, the sight, pretty much goes through your face, and then um, the blades will flex down and pretty much cut the front uh, seater's head off. Wow. Uh, so it was never really designed you know, to crash, so to speak. And I say this, never designed. Uh, obviously, it was you know, just the Huey, uh, the engine, the transmission, all that was the Huey. They just made it a tandem seat instead of you know side-by-side -side seating uh, is all they did. Same thing with the, the rotor system. It's a uh, what we call semi-ridiculous teetering, teetering rotor head. Uh, uh, so, yeah, you don't want to go negative in the, in the Cobra. Uh, no, kind of like a Robinson R44, R22. You don't want to go negative in uh, one of those semi-ridiculous semi teetering rotor heads. So they, um, yeah. they fixed that with the Apache also and a lot of other things with the Apache. So, yeah, that's some of the good and bad about the Cobra. Yeah, before we get onto the Apache, which I'm fascinated by, by the way, um, do you have any memorable stories from flying the Cobra, uh, you know, in your oh, time? Yeah. Um, so, our, well, I just got back from flight school that summer. Um, oh, man. Summer of 1991. Uh, we do it. We did a gunnery out there at uh, 
up there in Arkansas, another state in Texas. And with that, um, it had those Mod S Cobras, which was just like this, only it had a front sighting system, but it had the minigun and the chunker. And uh, so it had 7.62 minigun. Uh, it could shoot up 6,000 rounds per minute. I want to say it was seven barrels or six barrels. I'm not, I don't quite remember. Wow. Um, and then it had the 40 millimeter uh, grenade launcher on it. On the range, uh, I had a Vietnam veteran that flew Cobras in uh, Vietnam that was my backseater. And he said, all right, taking it out to the range. <clears throat> We're going to be shooting at these Connexes, you know, about 1,000 meters down the road there. So uh, go ahead and uh, action up the, the minigun. And uh, whatever you do, once you squeeze that trigger, get yourself a good, you know, three to seven second burst. Um, yeah, really about a three second burst. And uh, but don't squeeze the trigger and let go because you'll jam the gun. Don't oh. don't let it scare you once it starts shooting. And it was the same thing with the uh, M60 machine gun. You know, back when I was infantry, is once you squeeze that trigger, you got to let several rounds go down range before you let go of the trigger because you'll end up jamming the gun. So I'm thinking, all right, no problem, I can do this. So I look down a little sight unit, line it up with a little joystick, and squeeze the trigger, and this is, you know, the, you feel the little vibration, the buzzing sound of uh, 6,000 rounds a minute, you know, heading down range. And uh, you look out, and you're like, wow, this is cool. It looks like a laser beam with the tracer rounds that were in it. About every fifth round or so was a tracer. So it looks like a laser beam. And uh, you just kind of, like, move it around, and you just you know, all the rounds are headed down range. I'm like, man, now that's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, I said, yeah, okay, good job, good job. Uh, then he said, all right, uh, go ahead and shoot some 40 millimeter at it. I'm like, all right, no problem. So thinking like I did before, I went ahead and uh, uh, squeezed the trigger for the chunker and looked down and I could hear the uh, chunk, 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 you know, and all. And I was looking through the sight system think, well, I can't see anything. So I kept the trigger down. And then I hear him say like, whoa, 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 stop, 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 cease fire, cease fire. And I, I let go. I look up outside the system and there's just a black cloud of all the grenades heading oh, down oh, range and all. And I'm like, wow. wow. <laughs> and he goes like, wow. He goes, uh, most people save all their rounds. They don't shoot them all in one shot. About a hundred rounds. And, uh, so, uh, yeah. So we sat there for the next few seconds watching all the high explosive grenades, you know, pounding on the ground out there. And, uh, the good thing about that was I got to keep, this is the actual, the last, cool. um, oh, let me get this out of there. That is the last shell that came out of the uh, that grenade uh, that I shot. When we land, wow. this one stays in there, and then the crew chiefs they give it to you. Oh, uh, awesome. But that's the linkage all on here that's that so cool. uh, that you get to see. But yeah, this is just a, a training round that I had. But yeah, that's pretty much what they look like. Awesome. Uh, like everything else, uh, if it's real, um, if it's a real high explosive round, the army makes it simple. It'll be. Uh, as we say, it's kind of like your underwear. It's it'll have yellow in front and brown in back, you know. So uh, that's how you know it's a, high, a real high explosive round. Everything else is blue for training. So yeah, that's one of my that is my most memorable story. Incredible. Uh, so incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So did you enjoy flying the Cobra? And how many hours did you get on in Daniel? I only got about uh, just just under two hundred hours in the Cobra. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it, it, I say. It was enough to have a blast with it. And then um, uh, right after that, they sent me to the Apache course. And uh, that was a whole nother world right there. Mm -hmm.